Oh, yeah. Welcome to the world's greatest-ish podcast. Welcome to Backstage Heat. With me, Hunter, and that's Brandon. So, um, we've been away for a few weeks. Stuff's been crazy and scheduling's been crazy. But we're back. Yeah. All sorts of chaos going on. Um... So we're going to preview, or not preview, review uh, Backlash oh, yeah. from this past weekend. Going into the I show. Overall. Yeah, oh, sorry, wait, what are you saying? It was it was uh, better than I expected. Yeah, it was, that- it was way better than I thought it was going to be because the card going in was pretty weak. It was questionable, extremely questionable. I mean, usually with a pay-per-view like Backlash, they're not really going to give you everything they got. That's kind of one of those filler-type pay-per-views. It has been around for a little while. It has been around for a while, but yeah, it is It is still a filler show. Like, there's no gimmick to it, um, which was actually quite kind of refreshing. Like, that there, there obviously was a gimmick match with the greatest wrestling match ever, but like... It wasn't oh, definitely, but that wasn't like backlash specific. It wasn't like, oh, it's backlash. We got to have that backlash match, <laughs> right? <laughs> what even would be a backlash match? Just I don't know. It, it, I, I I feel like it would be a lot like the um, Daniel Bryan Fiend match at the Rumble, the strap match. That was basically a backlash oh. match. There was a lot of lashes on the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Or, you know, that could also mean just like a kendo stick match where you're just lashed and lashed and lashed, you know? Yeah. Maybe. Um, <laughs> did you watch the the pre-show? I unfortunately did not. Yeah. Well, who, who was on the pre-show? So, sadly, they moved the U.S. title match to the pre-show. So, the U.S. title does not mean anything. <laughs> and just trying to hold Apollo down. Just hold but, the man um, right there. But Apollo beat Zelina Vega, or not Zelina Vega. <laughs> I, I hope he'd whoop her. She's half his size. Apollo beat Andrade with Zelina Vega and Angel Garza. And right before the match started, um, Kevin Owens' music hit. And he just came, <laughs> he just came down to commentary with, like, his cutoff, just, like, cut, just keep fighting shirt. But then he had a lovely pink tie. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Uh, so he That's was on, right there. He was on commentary to uh, because he said that Angel Garza doesn't live up to his name and he isn't an angel, <laughs> and so he's basically there to keep him in line. Oh um, my god, that is fantastic! Yeah, it was a pretty good little match, pretty back and forth, and then it looked like uh, Apollo was gonna win. And then Angel Garza went up to distract the ref. So Kevin Owens pulled him off the apron, hit him with the stunner, and then went back on commentary. And it was just like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I don't and know then, if you guys saw. Back now. And then Apollo hit Andrade with like a spinning sit out powerbomb. It was actually really cool um, for oh, the win. Sweet moves. That double uh, standing moonsault he does incredible yeah it's been it's been a minute since uh they actually gave the championship to someone who really uh 
has been here a long time and hasn't had a chance at all. So I'm I'm glad to see that definitely. Yeah, and there are there are rumors of a heel turn and then a potential stable of MVP, Bobby Lashley, Apollo Crews, and Shelton Benjamin. That would be dope. I would be a fan of that. It's, uh, uh, the only thing is you just have to turn Apollo. Yeah, you just have to turn Apollo, but he did um, on Raw this week. He did win with his like by holding the rope when he beat Shelton. Ooh, so he did a little heel that's stuff. A dirty a little heel. <laughs> that is dirty. Come on now. Hello so, here. Bending the rules just a wee bit. And it's nice to see that I was I was worried about Apollo with the news that um Paul Heyman's no longer running Raw cuz I I think he was what? like cuz he was like a Paul Heyman guy. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard's running SmackDown and Raw now. Um Hi, everything was so good. So and, good. And I I was worried that because Apollo I feel like was like a Paul Heyman guy that he would just stop getting pushed, but doesn't seem to be the case yet, at least. Not quite yet. You just wait. He's going to be a defending champ, so you already know. It's going to happen often. Yeah, they... Any champ. And I, f- I think the pre-show, most of it is just nonsense and not worth watching. Like, the parts where they're actually talking. <laughs> but the past... I don't care about that The at past all. few pay-per-views, the pre-shows have kind of had, like, mini bangers on them. <laughs> Really? Yeah, like the it's the matches. Who was it? Money in the Bank was Jeff Hardy Cesaro. That was pretty good. Ooh, that's a that's a oh um, match right there. And I think one of the nights of WrestleMania, Liv Morgan and Natalia were on the pre-show and had a pretty good match. They're just kind of they're just kind of outside of this U.S. title match, which obviously had some story behind it. They just kind of like put people that don't have a story together and just kind of let them go and it's it's been not bad actually all right that's what i like to see so okay with that the main show kicked kicked off i guess i was a little surprised to see this match go first but it kind of makes sense it was the uh, triple threat tag team match featuring the uh women's tag team champions sasha and bailey and then Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, and the Iconics. Um, that's the, that's basically the only three women, like clearly defined women's tag teams in the entire WWE. Yeah, because they got rid of a lot of the NXT ones. <laughs> they did. I mean, I don't know. Sasha and ba- spoiler, Sasha and Bailey win this one. Um, but. <laughs> But Sasha and Bailey are facing the well-known team of Shotzi, Blackheart, and Tegan Knox tonight at time of recording. Oh yeah, they go way back, you know. <laughs> tag Remember teams. that old Shotzi, <laughs> tag team combination. That's that's a deadly one right there. Yeah, and they've already announced that they're defending against the Iconics next week on Raw. So I, there's like zero percent chance they lose tonight. But <laughs> you know. <laughs> Be, to be determined, I don't know. Object to change, maybe. Um, there was this really weird interview, like before Bailey and Sasha's entrance, where Kayla Braxton just said, "Would your friendship be over if you lose the tag team titles?" And I don't know that Kayla knows how friendship works. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so at all. 
Just like, oh no, we if lost anything. <laughs> we lost a match. No longer friends. Exactly. You're a loser. <laughs> you are forever now. Forever. How dare you? Um. So normally, I feel like WWE with their multi-team tags, they do the like only two people are legal thing. But this this one was interesting. This one was interesting because it was like a triple threat tag team match. There was three people that were legal in the ring, like one from each is that, team. Is that called uh, the tornado tag team? No, is what it is? isn't tornado when everyone's in the ring just constantly. That might be it. That might um, be it. But either way, it was kind of it was kind of cool. It was a fun match, I thought. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy happened, but, uh, the finish came when Alexa Bliss hit Peyton Royce with Twisted Bliss, but before she could go for a cover, Sasha just kind of rolled, uh, Alexa up and, and won. Yeah, that was, I was like, okay, that, that seemed all of a, all of a sudden very sudden that, uh, Rolled up and then Hanzo, but I guess that is probably the most heel way to win. Yeah, and I'm glad, even though I do really like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, I think I think they don't need the titles, and I'm glad the Iconics didn't take the pin. Honestly, I feel like with having Nikki Cross and Alexa together, it kind of brings down the value of Alexa just because forget how good she really is because you know she's only wrestling half matches basically and i think think they could break that team up at any time honestly yeah to me i just think you can tell how, how much fun each of them are having and i'm okay with letting them have as much fun as they want to have that's true and if it's just something for them to do instead of being sitting at home doing nothing Power tool. Um, yeah, I'm, and they, throughout this match, in the interview beforehand, they like, they keep slowly teasing at the Sasha Bailey feud that's gonna happen eventually. Mm-hmm. I've been teasing this shit for years. I yeah. Back. So I think eventually the Iconics are gonna beat them. It might be Monday. It might be Extreme Rules. I don't know. But I think the Iconics are going to win the titles, and that's going to... I would like it to happen either... If it happens on Monday, I would like a rematch at Extreme Rules and the Sasha Bailey match to be at SummerSlam. I don't think you'd waste the Sasha Bailey match with at Extreme Rules. I feel like, honestly, if you're going to make it happen, you have to. it either has to be SummerSlam or it has to be Mania, because they've been teasing this shit for way too long. Yeah, and it's just, it's, currently it's the SummerSlam main event, if it happens. Like, there's no other storyline that deserves to be the main event, currently. That's true, even even more if it's for the championship. Yeah, if it's for Bailey's title, I mean... I want they, that as the main event. They could find, like, something for Drew to do that could end up being the main event, but currently that's the main event of SummerSlam. <laughs> If they want it. Book it right now. Book <laughs> it right now. We want it. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty good match. It's kind of short, but I think it ended up having the right result because I don't think you needed to take 
the titles off of Bailey, Sasha just yet. You have time. Exactly. You got to let Bailey have the two belts, make her look like a boss for a little bit, and then uh, eventually crumble. And then Braun was shown arriving in his in his car after having gotten it fixed after what Miz and Morrison did to him on SmackDown. <laughs> it was such an old car, too. And then we had the piss match. I mean, Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. Straight piss to the face match. I like that. That's That sounds pretty accurate to what, uh, what it was about. And I thought this match was really, really good. Oh, definitely. I mean, Sheamus looked more brutal than ever. I feel like he kind of, when he left for a little while there, he was coming off as like a jokey-typed heel, and now he's just came back as just like a fucking badass. Yeah, I still... I still don't... I'm not a huge fan of the build-up and the feud. Like, I don't think... I think you can... And obviously, I assume Jeff is fine with it or it wouldn't have happened, but... Yeah, definitely. I don't... I didn't need them. I, I was fine with them going into his past with like drugs and drinking and all of that, but I don't. I think they went too far. They didn't need to go there. They and really then, didn't need to go there with yeah. And then with the piss test live on TV, I mean, live. Um, <laughs> like, that's where it really like jumped the shark for me and got. It's like, well, this is just stupid at this point. <laughs> This is yeah. some attitude error nonsense type stuff. But uh, I really thought Jeff was going to win when he hit a twist of fate and a swanton, but Seamus was able to get his foot on the rope. They, And I think that's the biggest thing that made this match really, really good is that I honestly had no idea who was going to win. Oh, for sure. I mean, I was probably like 10 minutes into the match, I was just like, Holy shit, I don't think Jeff Hardy has got any offense in at all. It was like, oh, Sheamus hits a couple moves here. Jeff, one move, back to Sheamus beating his ass. Yeah, it was a lot of Sheamus in control. Um, and then the finish came when they were on the outside. Hardy tried to do his like run on the barricade into like a dive or like crossbody or something, and Sheamus just hit him with a bro kick. Got him back in the ring, hit him with another bro kick for a oh, win. Oh, hell yeah. So even in defeat, Hardy looks pretty strong. Like, it took two bro kicks. Exactly. And, I mean, he got his ass whooped the yeah. whole match, basically. And he, and he got so. destroyed and still lasted a long time. Oh, yeah. It sounds like Sheamus is coming back. Finally, yeah. no Sheamus. Yeah. I think a, a Sheamus... I, I, would, I would be fine with one more Sheamus, like... I mean, maybe not, maybe not even one more, maybe more than one, but at least one more Sheamus world title run. I'd be fine with it. Give me the bar. I want the bar. Yeah, yeah they could it. do that too. Although Eat Cesaro's it. with Nakamura now. They're scrubs. <laughs> Wants to be friends with Nakamura. All he does is surf all the time. What kind of person likes to surf? So then Kayla... Kayla was interviewing uh, Miz and Morrison, and Jeez. Miz just kind of was trying to blow her off. And then Otis and Mandy came out of just nowhere. 
and said and and like reminded them, hey, if you got if one of you wins the title, Otis could cash in. <laughs> it's a possibility. If you didn't know what money in the bank, because yeah, WWE has to just hit you over the head with everything. There's no subtlety. <laughs> oh, I, I guess the important part of this interview was that Miz and Morrison were told that it if they it was just whoever pins Braun would become universal champion. Cause going into it they thought that they would be co universal champion for some reason. <laughs> As did I. I thought it was gonna happen though. That would have been phenomenal. Co champs. And then this next match is where it really took a, a downturn for me and I really started like regretting watching it almost uh it was the raw women's championship match oscar versus nia Jax. Ooh, yeah and this was not this was not good any any match that ends with you saying oh, why the fuck would they do that it's not a good match yeah so it was, this match was clunky the chemistry was 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 very much off. <laughs> Just a wee bit, yep. Um, Naya did go a whole match without injuring a Kabuki warrior, though, so that's something. That's big ups. That's big ups. It's been a minute since that happened. Um, and yeah, it was it was hard to watch at points. Like, yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't. I assume this is the way that she's told to work, but Naya just was moving so slowly. Oh god, yeah. And and like I don't know, Asuka should just be destroying Naya Jax. I think so at least. And then they um so the finish was also weird and I assume botched to some degree um oscar only seemed like it oscar was like applying uh an arm bar on the ropes to to naya and it seemed like naya was supposed to just fall to the outside but she she didn't but it didn't happen right for whatever reason and then oscar just applied an arm bar on the outside again to just try to like save it and then Naya threw Asuka into a barricade. Asuka started attacking Naya, and then it was just a double count out. And you left saying, what the fuck? Yeah. Why would they do that? This is I'm pretty sure this is Asuka's first title defense. I think you're right, actually. Since she was and she didn't win the title. She was given the title. Exactly. So, she looks like the weakest champion in the company so far. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, it's not looking great. It's not looking great right and now. And as someone who loves Asuka, it's really sad to see because she should be, she should be Becky right now. Like she should be what Becky was. Oh, hundred percent. But I think people just not watching her build up into earning it is just. Lost interest. 
Um, and then Asuka got mad at the double count out and gave her a hip attack from the apron to the outside before leaving. <laughs> um, Throw them cheeks in that face. And they had a rematch on Raw this week that was only slightly better. <laughs> that also had a screwy finish with Nia getting disqualified, but then before the ref could disqualify her, getting rolled up, and then the ref fast counted. Oh, what a dick. Yeah, so so Asuka, two matches against Nia, has not beat her clean. Doesn't look good on the old resume. When she should be beating Nia clean. Not, this could have been, this could have been good, is I think the problem with this. It was definitely a chance, but like uh, they could have used Nia's size to make Asuka look really good. Oh, exactly. Instead, all they do with her size is say how big she is. Yeah, and, and just how dominant. That's it. And just have her like. I feel like she can probably work as more than like just I'm big. Like she can probably do more than that. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I know she got, like, double knee surgeries not that long ago, but I think she's still got it in her. Yeah. Um, so, hopefully things get better with Asuka's reign and she doesn't just lose to Charlotte immediately, which is probably going to happen. I I feel like that's where it's heading, definitely. Because, I mean, there's nothing attaching Charlotte to NXT anymore, so now she could easily just come back, snag the championship. Have a nice two-year run or something, you know. And she's gonna get knocked up. And then she's gonna leave too. Um. So next, I guess there was a little segment with MVP. He was ordering champagne on the phone. Lana said, "Like, hey, I'm really important. Like, I've helped Bobby get this far." And MVP's like, eh, "I'm not telling you not to." Not to stay backstage. That was your husband. <laughs> That's true. That's, and it's the way it should be. Um, and then MVP left Lana just kind of sitting there. Um, then was the two-on-one handicap match for the Universal Championship. Braun Strowman beating The Miz and John Morrison to retain. I actually... Uh, I feel like I liked this more than I should have. Oh, big time. I thought it was a banger. Like, even just how it started, how they were just, like, smoothly tagging in and out. Just, like, Braun with one move, roll out, tag out, until uh, Braun finally took one of them out. And then uh, and the whooping started. Yeah, I really liked the way Miz and Morrison sort of approached this match. It's just like, a, we'll just do quick tags and we'll, like, kind of run around Braun more than actually go to attack him oh yeah um then everything broke down oh we forgot to mention that miz and morrison made their entrance and then showed their new music video (laughs) which i thought was great it was (laughs) oh it was fantastic miz and morrison are doing a a really good job as being like these high school like heels <laughs> like they just have like high school level oh. pranks <laughs> i love it i love it so much and they're both like dance it's, but they're just like doing this ridiculous stuff it 
It's so dumb and it's so corny, but it's so good. <laughs> it just works for the type of wrestling that's going on now with like the small to no crowds. And they it's just killing. And they pull it off. Like I feel like not not everyone could pull it off, but they just pull it off so well. Cuz they're just Honey drip drip and C M I Z Johnny Drip Drip. Um, and the, so the finish comes. Actually, it was a cool finish, I thought. Um, with Miz and Morrison. I don't know that I've seen them do this move before, where Miz hits a skull crushing finale and Morrison jumps off the rope and, like, double foot stomp. That's a pretty cool, like, tag team finisher. I thought that looked sweet as hell. And honestly, I didn't even realize. And Miz was doing the Skull Crusher finale until I was like, oh, okay, they're going for the pin now. Okay, that was yeah, the finish. Yeah, and Morrison was the legal man, so he he pin, he goes to pin Braun, and Miz pulls him off of him, saving Braun and saving Braun's title reign. Mm-hmm. And... Don't be breaking him up. Please. Miz puts, Miz puts Johnny Drip Drip back on top of Strowman for the pin... But Strowman just kind of, Strowman throws him out of the ring, which is pretty cool. <laughs> he regenerates in like five seconds, five to ten seconds, a couple more seconds. And then Strowman hits Miz with a choke slam. Morrison with the running power slam picks up the win. Easy. Oh. I was getting very excited towards the beginning, cause I or towards the finish, because I really wanted Morrison to to walk out Universal Champion. I thought that would have been really cool. Hell. Yes. I would have loved it. It would have just ended up in them splitting up. And even those two versus each other would be an incredible feud. Yeah, because I think what you could have done is you could have had him win. Miz turn Miz turns on him, turning Morrison face in the process. And then like you have a you have a built in feud. Like, exactly. Exactly. You have an extreme rules match, and if you want to extend it, you probably have a SummerSlam match. I'd be okay with that. That'd be a damn good feud. Yeah, I'd be very I mean, into it. They've already they've already shown it that it works as a feud. Like it's a good feud, <laughs> and they've they've been a tag team for long enough that it doesn't feel forced. Like if they if they. If they turned on each other right when they lost the tag titles, it would have been like, okay, this was really fast, all all of it. But like now, Morrison's been there for a little while at this point. It's it's been a few months. Like he does not feel like a new superstar anymore. He feels like he's been in here for a minute. And I just think they need to get the title off of Braun. It's just not doing anything you know, for me. Well, I mean, I've always wanted him to have it, but just not the way he got it. I'm he's a just, fan of the whole uh, Strowman train thing. That thing's dope. He's just not doing anything. Like, their universal title feud was a bunch of high school pranks. Like, I enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> I did too. It's just, I don't know that it's a world, like, it's a good world championship feud. <laughs> I liked yeah, it as a feud. I don't. I didn't like it as a world title feud. Yeah, um, you got a good point there. 
So they either need to find Braun someone good to, to face or just get the title off of him. At this point, it's like, I don't even know who that would be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Firefly Funhouse is coming back Friday, so as much as I don't think The Fiend should have the belt either, I think it's better than Braun. I think it's much better than Braun, I'd say. At least at least he's got some good promos going on. Fiendsky. Yeah, that's the thing. The Braun promos that that they've given him are just so bad. Weird. They're like uh They're just nothing. Making him like a normal dude. They're just nothing. <laughs> um so then Oh, did you watch the Intercontinental title match on SmackDown last week? Um, AJ I and Brian. Oh, yep, I totally did. That was so good. <laughs> I mean, with those two, and then the little storyline they built up with AJ saying, ah, I'll take the bye instead. Well, and That's... they let him go for like 40 minutes on a SmackDown. Like, it was such a long the... match that they just let him keep going. Oh, hey, you, you got to remember back in the day, they did have that 60-man Iron Man match. Or 60-minute Iron Man match on SmackDown. Yeah, and, and I bring that up because they, after the Universal title match, they recapped that match, and then um, Kayla interviewed AJ, who said he's going to have a big celebration on SmackDown, and everyone was invited. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just, it was basically just, hey, watch SmackDown. <laughs> basically, it's like, hey, Champ now. Smackdown. Um, and then right after this, and I, I normally this is probably something, this little segment is something I wouldn't mention. But right after this, they cut to the Raw commentators. And Samoa Joe just, like, was talking up AJ and then said, I hope he had time to celebrate with his family and gave the camera a little look. And it was just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Because of their feud back in the day. Uh, I love Samoa Joe. (laughs) I hope he stays on commentary, but, like, at the same time, his in-ring shit's insane. Yeah, if he's able to, if he's not injured and able to wrestle again, I would like to see him wrestle. It's like a CM Punk. He's incredible on commentary, but also in the ring. And I I don't want to see Vince try to, like, Randy Savage him and just say, you're a commentator only now. Yeah, that's true. Um, so they don't give him the stage. So the Raw commentators were there because the next match was the WWE Championship match where Drew McIntyre defeats Bobby Lashley with MVP in his corner. This was pretty good. It was definitely a very good match, and I knew Bobby Lashley was going to show up. I this think, is the biggest push he's got in a long, long time. Yeah, so it started off hot from the get-go. Before the match even starts, Lashley applies the full Nelson for like a minute. And McIntyre can't get out of it. Like, it takes like five or six refs to to get to get Bobby to take off the the, the hold. And then McIntyre. And then because this happened during McIntyre's entrance, 
McIntyre just has his jacket on for like the first few minutes of the match, and I'm like, they really need to get that jacket off. Oh, that thing's freaking huge! It's so long. It seems like it'd be really be running with. Yeah, it seems like it'd be really hard to wrestle with. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Um. And yeah, there there's some good stuff. I really like the way they've they've picked Drew's opponents since WrestleMania. I think they've done a really good job of making him seem really strong. Oh hell yeah. He's I think he's looked phenomenal ever since getting the championship on him. I think so in his other matches, like in his in the Brock match, in the Rollins match, I have really liked his take a bunch of offense and then kick out at one. But I think he kicked out at one like five or six times in this match, and I think it was just a little too much for me. Oh, you know, you gotta keep him looking strong. Yeah, and I and I really like the I really liked when he kicked out at one against Brock and against Seth, but I think in this one it just there was just too much of it, so it made it feel less impactful to me. Yeah, um, I can see. It. So there was a really good near fall towards the end where Drew hits a superplex, goes for the Claymore, and Lashley just hits him with a spear. And for a second, I'm like, are they going to actually let Lashley win? I'm not going to lie. I saw some rumors on the interwebs, and they were saying that that was supposed to happen. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't because... I think the only reason to take the belt off of Drew would be if you think he's responsible for the bad ratings, but I think the pandemic it's, is more responsible than anything. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's doing fine. Like I think he's a really good champion. Um, oh, 100%. And then the match gets bad because <laughs> Lana comes out and gets on the ring and just starts yelling at the ref saying that he cheated. And then yeah, first slowly walks up to perfectly be placed right in the center of the ropes. Yeah. And then Drew goes to push Bobby into Lana. Lashley stops, then gets pushed into her anyway. <laughs> she falls <laughs> onto MVP. Uh, as it is happening, Drew runs the ropes and then hits Bobby with a with a claymore. Only one claymore. Love it. Love seeing it. Oh yeah. Uh, claymore uh, kick. Did you notice one, right two, away that, did you notice MVP and Lana fell on her? He just like tossed her aside and got right back up. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's incredible. Because <laughs> you see the claymore pin the win and then they cut back to MVP standing next to the ring and it's like uh didn't you just take a move a couple <laughs> seconds ago yeah didn't you just take a bump but <laughs> oh toss her away so toss her yeah, away like I think most of this match was good the the finish was not it wasn't good but I it's it furthered the Lana Lashley MVP storyline which is okay it just sucks that it had to impact Drew's match. That's true. It keeps me interested, at least. And then 
something happened. I don't really know what. <laughs> the Street Profits and Viking Raiders were supposed to have a match. And then it just cuts to the Dang. parking lot where they're f just fighting with each other. Even though for like a month they've just been really good friends with each other. <laughs> Basically, just friends doing friendly competition. But now they're beating the shit out of each other. Uh, Montez Ford throws Eric on top of Braun's car and the windshield cracks. So they all run inside because they're scared. <laughs> um, the Street Profits pick up golf clubs. The Viking Raiders get shields. Eric gets an axe and Ivar has a bowling ball. And I'm like, That's well, like if, they, if they fight, Eric's going to kill the Street Profits because he's got an axe. 100% murder. <laughs> like, just murder. <laughs> um, Montez Ford got everyone to drop their weapons, and then he looked at Angela Dawkins and said, what did the five fingers say to the face? And they punched Eric and Ivar in the face. That was pretty funny. Yeah, he did did a classic little, like, Superman punch, like, off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny and random. I was like, I thought you were in a tent. I thought that whole thing would collapse. Yeah. Um, Dawkins spears Ivar through, like, a glass window. And then, or no, before this, Ivar has a flashback that we can all see for some reason. <laughs> Oh, we can see right in his head. To him, to them bowling. And then Ivar bowled his bowling ball into Montez Ford's nuts. Yep, right into the old <laughs> cash and prizes. Um, and then, and, and then he, and then Ivar eventually got speared through a glass window, had another flashback that we could see again. <laughs> so we just kept get to see into the mind of Ivar. <laughs> Vivid imagination from the man. Um, and they kept, he kept, eventually one of the flashbacks was just every time one of the women told him that he looks good and not you, Eric, and I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> they, really just, you so much. they really just needed to hammer this. Oh yeah. They're like, Hey, he's the good looking one. And then they were arguing and. Dawkins said this escalated too quickly. Ivar said they should take this outside, even though they were outside. <laughs> that was great. Um, and they got ready to f start fighting again, and then seven motorcycles showed up. Down nowhere, crotch rockets galore. One of them takes off his helmet, and it's like Akira Tozawa randomly. <laughs> he, like, challenges them in Japanese. Oh, yeah. Didn't understand the lick of it. Um, the Raiders and the Prophets kind of do a little huddle and say, these are ninjas. Yep, yep, there are. Because everyone on the motorcycle is dressed like a ninja. <laughs> you, you can't see their face or they're just extremely cautious with COVID. Um, then a graphic popped up Dub, dubbing the Street Profit Viking Raider team the Viking Profits. Oh, yeah. Power combo. 
and they beat up all the ninjas, and then Tazawa brought a brought a bigger ninja who on Raw they called the Big Ninja, <laughs> who's like <laughs> so probably creative. probably so close creative. to seven feet tall. He's big, around, definitely big dude. Looked pretty jacked. I mean, I wouldn't want to mess with Fun. him. <laughs> mess with him whatsoever. Um. And in response to this, Ivar just holds out his hand like Thor. But instead of a hammer coming to his hand, he just gets a turkey leg. And the, the, the big ninja pulls out a sword. And Eric was like, about to charge. And Eric was about to charge him to his death. <laughs> when the street prophet said, nah, fam. <laughs> Ain't the time. Uh, they run away on top of, like, one of the trucks, like, the production trucks, that has uh, Noe Jose's face on it, despite him being cut from the company. All right, that was interesting. <laughs> um, Dawkins gives Eric a bulldog into a dumpster. Ivar then pushes Montez Ford into the dumpster and then dives into it. Ivar has another flashback. I think this was the flashback with all the women. Yep. yep. And then uh, Lady Ref, Lady Ref Jess appears, says like, a ladder. says like, what are you guys doing? You're supposed to have a match. And then says, Ivar, you're cute, but not you, Eric. Because <laughs> had to get it in one more time. <laughs> oh, exactly. Three times wasn't enough. Get that fourth in there. Um... A strange noise happening, and then there's like a tail in the dumpster. Like an alligator tail. Like yeah, chips. like an alligator tail, and then they like scramble to get out of the the dumpster. This was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the match. I don't think you can call it a match. <laughs> that was the. Thing. We're like at least the Firefly or Funhouse the- match. There was a pinfall. There was something. <laughs> exactly. This so just, just this was just like know. a thing. It just kind of it just kind of happened. I exactly. Wanna, it was I, just like oh, all right. I want to say it was really bad, but I don't know that I can. I was the same some parts. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I don't know that I can say it was bad because it, it made me laugh a decent amount. <laughs> like, exactly. They were, it had its moments. But at the same time, you're just thinking the whole time, like, this is kind of shitty. This is not, this is, this is weird. I mean, I was thoroughly sports entertained. <laughs> That's true. Definitely so, got the entertained part. So I don't want to say it was bad. I, I can say it was weird. I can say it probably wasn't wrestling. <laughs> It definitely was a wrestling. <laughs> Something like wrestling. Um, I can say that I hope they... I kind of hope they stop doing cinematic matches every every pay-per-view. Then they're bread and butter, though. Yeah, it's just they started off good, and then we got this. <laughs> they're just everything and where, like, mm. where I feel like if you build up to it and 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 the next match was sort of cinematic y there's definitely cinematic elements to it 
and it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I feel like they just it's it's the big thing right now because Stadium Stampede was awesome. The Boneyard match was good. Yeah. Money in the Bank was pretty good. I I, agree. I loved the Firefly Funhouse match. That was good, definitely. But then like. I didn't really like the Gargano Champa one. I didn't really like the Velveteen okay. Dream Adam Cole one. Okay, it was alright. Um, and so I feel like they just need to to rein it in a little bit. And maybe if you only do one every other pay per view, it'll be fine. I don't want them to get rid of them because I think they're great when they're like when when they're done well, they're really really good. This is very true. Very true. But. When they're done badly, they're really, really stupid. <laughs> uh, and it's there's a very narrow line between the two. That's yeah. Sure. Um. So the next match and definitely worthy of being the main event. Okay, Was the greatest wrestling match ever. I don't know why. Uh, not in my opinion, but fair enough. Not ever. Definitely in this. Maybe in this decade, possibly. And I've turned a corner where I don't think the tagline has hurt them too much because the match was really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they lived up to it. Like. It was basically their way of saying, we're going to put on like an hour match. Just a banger. Yeah. 45 minutes of really good wrestling. <laughs> Oh, exactly. It so just... it's it starts out uh, with Charles Robinson, the ref, with the powder blue shirt and the bow tie, the old the old classic ref outfit. Oh yeah. Um. They added crowd noise to the whole thing, which, which some, was really strange. Some people thought it was distracting. I was able to just kind of ignore it. And that probably made me think the match was better because of it, because I was just able to kind of tune it out into to not actual crowd noise, because I knew it obviously wasn't, but like that's too loud for how many people are there. <laughs> yeah. Then they had an old like Madison Square Garden mic hanging above the ring and used old audio of Howard Finkel introducing each each of the guys, which was incredible. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, Love the fake. Yeah, it was really cool to hear the fake because it was out of nowhere. Exactly, I was like, "What is happening here?" Uh, Tom Phillips, in his usual way, tried to ruin everything by, as soon as the bell rings, yelling, "This is the greatest wrestling match ever!" <laughs> when it's like you can't tell that when the bell rings to start a match. Of a bitch, Tom. Come on. Um, so it started off pretty slow, but it slowly built, it started off, I mean, it, it started off as an old school, like, just an old school wrestling match where it was, it was slower, it was, grappling. but it made every move feel like more vicious than if it was faster paced. 100%. Um, That's an interesting speed throughout the match, definitely more. Yeah, it, it built up really well, I thought. And then at one point, 
Edge uses a Russian leg sweep and then applies a cross face in what's in what's one of many references to their to each of these people's past um using using a Chris Benoit move. Yeah. Um Randy like uh Edge like headbutts Orton off the ropes to the apron and Orton gets busted open. Which I was surprised to see. A little bit. I I feel like Randy is never bleeding, but he makes a lot of people bleed. Well, also because it looked like they let him blade, and I was just surprised that WWE lets people would let him blade. You can't have the greatest match ever with a little bit of color. Yeah, I I do think the color helped. Um, it was by the end of the match, it was completely dry, which was also just like. Which added to, like, damn, these guys have been going at it for a long time. <laughs> he had a face full of blood at one point in this match. Completely gone now. Um, Orton was in control for a lot of this match. Just really laying into Edge. There was some, there was some ring rust by Edge where he went for... Um, he went for, like, three... I forget what the move's called. Three Amigos. No, it was before that. Oh, I can't remember it. But he went for like three of a move and he hit two of them and then Randy just stopped before the third one and Ed just kind of fell on his back. Arm drags. Oh, arm drags, yep. Yeah, he went for... He hit two arm drags, went for the third, and Randy just kind of stopped running and Ed just kind of took a bump by himself. And Randy just kind of looked at him and gave him a little chuckle of like, "You're not, you're not ready for this." Oh, exactly. Not the greatest. Um, and then Orton goes for three amigos, but lands two before Edge is able to counter, and then hit three the three amigos of his own. So now we've had Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero referenced in this match. Yeah. The legends gotta have the legends, and there was a lot of there was a lot of this, but it was. I think there there was there was a lot of it, but there wasn't too much where it became just like, okay, guys, you can stop. I'm like, eh, that's probably good enough. Um, Orton hits Edge with a superplex, which actually felt really big. A lot of times, superplexes don't even feel that big anymore, but the way this match was worked, the superplex actually felt like a big deal. It's in the greatest match. And then Orton tries to hit his uh, draping DDT off the top turnbuckle, his vintage Orton. Yeah. But Edge is able to... Edge counters it into an execution for two. And this was when Edge started hitting just, like, all of his signatures and finishers throughout the match. Um, Very true. Edge applies another crossface, and then hits... And then Orton is able to counter it into a pinfall attempt. And then follow up with an angle slam for two, which was out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, a little slam-ski. So, now Chris Benoit... Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle. (laughs) 
The names just kept stacking up throughout this match. Um, Orton eventually is able to hit his draping DDT. Goes for the RKO. Um, Edge is able to counter. Goes for an unprettier that Orton counters. And then Edge hits an Edge-O-Matic for a near fall. Classic. Um, Edge goes for a spear. Orton avoids it. But Edge actually hits the unprettier this time for two. So, just as it picked up, they just started trading moves. Um, Yeah, they just started trading other people's finishers. (laughs) Um, So that brings us to Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Christian. We added one more to the mix. (laughs) Um, Orton hits Edge with a pedigree. To, fucking nowhere to add triple h to that list <laughs> and didn't see that one coming. and even though as triple h has shown the pedigree is the strongest move in all of professional wrestling oh it's only when he does it though so orton not able to get the pin yeah. off of that oh never gonna happen and then shortly after the pedigree edge hits orton with a rock bottom <laughs> Out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Just just wild. Um, Edge goes for a sharpshooter, but isn't able to lock it in. Um, And then Orton hits the RKO. And at this point, I'm like, ooh, this might actually be over. Because they've been... They've been kind of playing on Edge working really hard to avoid the RKO for the whole match. So once he hit it, yeah. it was like, "Ooh, this could be, this could be over." Each of them took like eleven finishers, so yeah, any one of them could have been the one. Uh, and then Orton went for the punt, but Edge hit him with a spear, then another spear, and Orton was able to kick out. Which is, it was at this point that I'm like, "Okay, Orton's probably winning." Oh, 100%. When you kick out a two of your actual finisher... Yeah, two of his current good. finishers. Um, and then Edge tried to do something off the top rope, which Orton countered into an RKO for another near fall. Um, and then Edge applied his like head and arm choke submission that we saw at wrestlemania the announcers called it the anti-venom no. um and orton but orton was able to get out of it the announcers said that orton hit him with a low blow but because of the camera work it was really hard to see and i didn't pick it up the first time i watched it Oh, not at all. And if the announcers didn't say anything, I would have just thought it was a kick to, like, the gut. Um, and then... And then Orton punted Edge. Just kicked him straight in the head. And and, and okay, pinned 40 it. 40 yards. So, I think... I think from what I saw, it was the first time since 2013 that he used the punt. Sounds about right, yeah. So, so it's been a long time. When he was the old legend killer. Um, this was really good. 
Oh, 100%. It was 45 minutes that felt like 25. 45 is a very noticeable amount because about halfway through that, you're like, oh my God, this is still going. But I I didn't ever get bored of it except for maybe right towards the beginning, but that it pretty quickly started to pick up. Yeah. At the beginning, it looked oh. like it might be the classic Randy Orton really slow match, and it it was to Orton's style where it wasn't the fastest match, but but yeah, these two they were given the task of the greatest match ever, and while they didn't do that because there was no chance they could have, they did put on a great match. That's very true. Very true. It was a phenomenal match. Maybe Sad- not the greatest ever. Sadly, yeah. Edge uh, tore his tricep, I think, in this match. So I th- was here. From what I've heard, it's they um they ran the match all the way through first, and then he injured his tricep in um when they were doing some reshoots on it. Oh, okay. okay. So. So it's so it's hard to tell. I don't even know if when he gets injured is in the match. Yeah, it might and be edited be- out. And because of the way they shot it, I don't know how much, if any, of the match, of the what's actually there is when he's injured. But hopefully he's able to recover somewhat soon. Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't the best idea to, you know, was it match two coming back? Go 45. 45 and then do reshoots. And then, oh, God, I can't even imagine that process. Yeah. Maybe you should chill it out a little bit, starting starting back after being gone for so long. Um, I was, after watching AJ Bryan on SmackDown, it was... It was going to be a tough task for this to be even the best match of the week, but it probably I think it was. Oh, 100%, I'd say so. It was definitely the match of the night. 100% the match of the night. I'd say 100% match of the week. So. Yeah, I, I think so. Brian, Brian AJ was really, really good, but it didn't have the the story and the, the build-up that this had. Um, true. True. Yeah. Overall, backlash surprised me. There was there was a lull in the middle where there was some some bad stuff, but I started hot ended. I wasn't really that excited for it. I contemplated not even watching it live, even though I had nothing else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Which is how you know that the card's not exciting. (laughs) That definitely says it right there. Um, but I'm glad I did. It was, it was good. They, currently they're, WWE's finding ways to, to pull out these pay-per-views kind of out of nowhere. Oh yeah, I mean, they all look exactly the same. It's with a different name, basically. Yeah. I can't wait to have some new sets back. I'm real tired of the same set over and over and over. Um, but yeah, hopefully things continue. I'm skeptical of the Bruce Pritchard running both shows, but Raw was good, so I can't can't say that's anything. All 
Good beginning. So, uh, what would you say was the show-stealing match of the pay-per-view? Ah, uh, man, I feel like I have to give it to to Orton Edge. Right there with you. Looking at the rest of the card, there was some, like, Sheamus Jeff Hardy was good, but that go forty five. It didn't go forty five, and I wasn't as surprised by by stuff as seeing Randy Orton and Edge hit all these like finishers from these old SmackDown legends. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Would not have expected that one. What do you think was the flop of the night? Oh, definitely Oscar Naya. That match was what, You would say that Street Profits thing? I had way more fun watching the Viking Profits than watching Asuka Naya. I had almost, oh, yeah. I had almost no fun watching that Asuka Naya match. <laughs> Little to no fun whatsoever. Yeah, Man maybe says. maybe when Asuka did the hip attack at the end, that was kind of fun. I liked seeing the hip right, attack because... It's just Oscar. Like, oh, it's just Oscar hitting someone with her ass. <laughs> At least it ended somewhat, and okay. Yeah. What about you? I'm right there with you. I was I was gonna say the Street Profits, but yeah, I really did not enjoy that match whatsoever with with Oscar and Naya. It was just it was just a little. The Viking Prophets oh, thing the was the dumbest thing on the show. Oh, 100%. I, but, at the end of it, I'm like... But but a couple minutes into it, I'm just like, okay, this is stupid. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this. Like, right. like uh, I, I guess I'm here for the experience. Like, once you, un- once you get into the mindset of like, yeah, this is just dumb, and you just accept that, and then it's fine. Um. Yeah, so I think it was better than expected. Twenty twenty backlash. Hundred percent. I did the the best I could with one. And on that note, we have to wrap up this bad boy. Hunter, tell the people where they can find you on the social media. All right. So I used to say Twitter, but I've kind of taken myself off Twitter because. It's hard. It's It can be the most toxic social media. <laughs> so um, thousand percent. If you want to just see things I cooked, uh, follow me on Instagram at Welchnut. <laughs> hey, there you go. Can't go wrong with some good cooking stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Walk with Brando. You can find. My video editing page on Facebook at EF Video Editing. You can find our podcast on YouTube at Backstage Heat. And also Spotify Backstage Heat. Spotify Backstage Heat. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody.